and welcome to episode 40 of Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, the podcast where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast and talk about strange things that make the world go round. And I think a bit of context is no harm. Stephen Kinsella of Anne and Steve Talk Stuff. Who are you exactly? Well, uh, my name is Stephen Kinsella and um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Limerick in its Kemi Business School. I'm Chief Economics Writer of the Currency.News. Uh, I'm Senior Fellow at uh, the Melbourne School of Government, and I am a Research Fellow at the University of Brown's Rhodes Institute. Um, I typically spend a lot of my time thinking about the Irish economy, um, and I have two PhDs in economics, and I probably spend an inordinate amount of time looking forward to the hour a week I get to spend with you and having a chat about stuff. Ah, stop. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm Anne Blake. I like long walks and uh, big fan of coffee and <laughs> and a lot, all the pleasures of life. I am a musician, an artist, uh, a playwright and performer and lots of things. But uh, I also very much value I, I'm quite I'm short two PhDs um, and so we, we always have a lot to talk about because but the number of, our... of plays I have written is is zero I've written a few plays I've I've a show called the morning after the life before which hopefully I'll get to do again at some point the big thing is I, I realize the number of bands I've started is zero <laughs> so we're a good we're a good complimentary a good complimentary pair well i suppose are we are, we've hit episode 40 and i think we've yet to kind of introduce ourselves so it's just for the sake of um anyone you're listening, listening to this <laughs> after Maybe 40 I, episodes of this thing you've listened all this time wondering who are these people <laughs> these fucking people they just they just go on don't they just show up on my on my on my you know podcast app and they just keep yapping i don't know where they come from and I religiously listen to them every week. What's going on about this? Also, all you the know. things that we've just listed are our qualifications might not be in any way relevant to what we talk about. That is also true. Um, <laughs> that is also um, true. Last week's, uh, I don't even want to call it a podcast. It was basically Steve Ransadan. <laughs> <laughs> about unions. <laughs> about, about unions. No, no, sorry. Okay, that wasn't the one. Oh, that, that was Bridgerton. That was where, where, where we talked about Bridgerton and the famine. And the thing is, I could yeah. easily do a chat where I slag Bridgerton, but I had to take the opposite side as well, just for, yeah. just for, in the interest of ballons. <laughs> ballons. Ballons. <laughs> it's amazing when you say ballons, it sounds a lot like bollocks, but it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Ball. Not inappropriately either. That's true. Uh, That's so, true. Um, so Stephen, we are um, about halfway through the first month of 2021, and... What I thought would be interesting to talk about today, because I am a person whose industry has pretty much evaporated, and I uh, and and yours has been changed radically. Yeah. And the big part of that is humans in a room together is gone, and and this is true for loads of industries and loads of people. But as a lecturer and as a as a performer and maker of live work. Uh, we are people who's, who 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 have had our worlds change completely, and I recently read an article 
I, I do read. I read betimes myself. <laughs> it's not. It's not widely known. I sometimes read things. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a kind of a, 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 <laughs> there's a conversation going around um, yep. the internet and and I suppose long walks people are having together because it's not happening in cafes and pubs. Um, but a a pid okay this word epidemiologist. Epidemiologists. Thank you. Thank you for saving me that. It's one of these words I read and never say out loud. Um, oh, great. He's got a great name to him. Dr. Nicholas Christakis has written a, a book called Apollo's Arrow, The Profound and Enduring Impact of Coronavirus on the Way We Live. And basically what he is predicting is a kind of a roaring 20s part two so in the night like I mean it's I still find it weird because and I'm sure you do too the 20s have already happened in my head you know growing up studying history the 20s were the 1920s and they were always marked as being this time of expression of partying of a little touch of hedonism and just really vibrant yeah um that's kind of the the go-to idea and and cinema was beginning to like we're approaching sound and all this stuff and as well live live performance like people just went to they went to see things to see big shows and you didn't have televisions and all this stuff but his idea i suppose is that once we can safely start moving around together. So I suppose once people have been vaccinated, once once all that, he, yeah. he's talking about 2024, but yeah. he predicts this kind of rush back into live culture and um, people mixing and, and kind of a very vibrant time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's kind of a mixed reaction or a mixed uh, I, like reaction to the possibility of that. And also a mixed reaction to the likelihood of that yeah. and whether that would, would be embraced or not. Mm. Um, and I did throw it out on, on the Twitter machine. And um, I, I love quite like that, by the way. What was that? <laughs> the Twitter machine. The Twitter yeah, machine. I just love I, how you say that. <laughs> the one that really caught my eye was uh, Taro Shea Robinson said, I'm planning to wear a floor-length gold sequin gown the first night I hit the tiles limerick and to dance for about three days and nights non-stop. So uh, that was kind of a a funny uh, immediate reaction. Yeah. But that aside, what are are your thoughts on that idea even, first and foremost? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing is you have to make a few assumptions. Right. So the first, the first, well, no, first thing to say is that um, the empirical record is that pandemics end. So you know the, the the two big ones we all know, the Black Death, and the the nineteen eighteen um, pandemic. Um, and there have been several pandemics, in fact, in the twentieth twentieth and twenty first centuries. They just haven't affected the Western world. Um, can can I end. correct? Can I come in and correct you? Go for it. Because in the pandemic worldwide, are you yeah. talking about well, an epidemic? No, epidemic. No, no, no. So epidemic is national, but there have been there have indeed been pandemics. So oh, really? different a pandemic is between different countries. Oh, you see, I thought I'd been all smart for once and knowing something. I know. So, <laughs> um, so so you know, so the like MERS, for example, and um, you know, 
uh, really hit Southeast Asia, but it also went as far as the Middle East and they had to lock down like Dubai and places like that. But anyway, um, the, the, so the first thing is they, this, this will end. Like it will end. It's not a question of when, it will end, you know? Um, and there are like two ways that it ends. Either the vaccine doesn't work and it, ju- and it just burns through the susceptible population, which will be awful and millions will die. Or the vaccine does work. And we basically shove it into the eyeballs of every single person we can find and they're grand. And then, and then, so that's, that, that's, that's, those are the two options. We're going for option B, obviously. It's just for, for, for the sake it's of purposes for, for today. We're going for option B. <laughs> okay. So, so, so the second thing to talk about is the historical record of what happens when pandemics end. Mm. And I'll give you, th- or, or if you think about the economic effects of a pandemic, they're essentially all around rationing. Right. You can't go outside. So we ration the amount of outside you can do. You can't go to gigs. You can't go to the pub. You can't go to, to play sports. You can't even get your feckin' haircut. You know, you're being rationed. Your activities are being reduced deliberately. That also happens during wars. And it happens during p- periods of economic collapse um, or economic crisis. So let's just pick three periods. And obviously pandemics. Let's say pick three periods. So the period after 1918 the period after 1945, and the period after 1973. So in 1918, giant feckin' pandemic, millions die, absolutely millions and millions, tens of millions, in fact, die. And we're not sure what the total amount is. Um, if anybody's interested in that period, there's there's only one book to read, and it's it's a book by Ida, I-D-E, Milne, M-I-L-N-E. Um, it's published by Manchester University Press uh, in 2011, and it's all about how Ireland fared in the... Um, 1918 pandemic. It's fantastic. She's a brilliant writer, and I think I think this was her PhD. But it's really good. Like it's really, really, really good book. Um, and what she, what basically what basically happened across the world is the pandemic ended, and the Second World War ended. Obviously, or the First World War ended. Excuse me. And people really did go bananas. A brilliant book about the 1918 period that is like a global history is called The Dark Valley. Um, so he, he like that this this book is it's here actually um the book is is it's just fascinating on, on like trying to understand the he, the history of of that period and the, the intellect, intellectual forces at play the cultural forces at play but also the military forces at play because you had the you know the uk kind of in decline as a, as an empire you had the us rising exactly as we have now you have the U.S. in decline. You have China rising um, mm. because of the way their economies have recovered. China is actually predicted to uh, eclipse the U.S. as the world's biggest economy by twenty twenty seven. Now, um, that soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. so because again, like, like you know, they, they, we've probably lost three or four years of economic growth at this point. Um, uh, so yeah, like like the the people kind of when you say like you know all of the cultural stuff of people went a bit crazy like they did, they really did particularly in the high income countries in the West, um, and it was a reaction to to peace. It was a reaction to to having more money. It was also a reaction to uh, female liberation. So so you know, um, one of the key aspects of the First World War that's it's very little understood, but I think we've talked about it on this podcast before is like how the First World War contributed massively to uh female emancipation um 
I think you did say yeah. this yeah. book well, one. Yeah. So we had a good chat about this. I think um, we did. Um, we did. If I, if I remember it, then we did because yeah. you talk to loads of people, whereas these kind of conversations I tend to only have with you. I, I have a lot of intelligent people in my life, but I don't see them <laughs> as much. So I think what you were talking about was the men were gone to war. So the women had opportunities to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the sort of, uh, if you like the the hegemony of the patriarchy was disrupted by the fact that the patriarchy was busy shooting itself. Um, uh, so that was okay. That's a really weird way to describe the World War One, but you get the idea. Anyway, <laughs> the 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 result was people just went absolutely mad. Um, they the particularly in the U.S. You know, uh, in the U.S. Uh, there was such an explosion of what will bracket as hedonism you know people just just going out drinking doing drugs whatever um that they in the u.s in the late 19 uh uh 20s they brought in what was called the volstead act the volstead act prohibited the um sale of alcohol so you had the prohibition era you know in that in in that period you had you had uh you know the temperance movement in the u.s and all this and they're they're direct they came directly from from a, out of a reaction, like a dialectical reaction to um, to the amount of hedonism that was there. So people did go, you know, they did go crazy. It was a great time for art. It was a great time for American music, you know, blues, jazz. It was a brilliant moment culturally as well, because when you have lots of people interacting, you have people who feel like they're free to experiment and there's a general feeling of hopefulness you do get art, you get really, really interesting stuff. And of course, technology has exploded because the First World War gives us loads of new technologies, new metals, new power generation technologies, new sensing technologies, new recording technologies, you know, like the only reason that we can listen to Robert Johnson play the guitar, for example, Mm. you know, is because the technology existed to let him do that. And, what he, and, he, and a lot of the stuff that he he recorded on, the motors, for example, that he used, they all come from the developments that happened in the First World War. So, um, yeah, so, so the, the long-ish answer to your question is, like, people absolutely do kick off um, about it. Now, look, look at um, the example of Ireland in 1946. So Ireland, neutral in the Second World War, obviously, um, but rationing happened. We, we, my grandmother would call it the emergency. But essentially, things like butter, milk, sugar, etc., were heavily rationed um, because you know Ireland was supplied from the UK uh, mostly, and uh, and from Germany a little bit. And essentially, you know, the <laughs> boats carrying stuff were shot shot down, and sh- and, and it, w- it was a tough time. And so that meant that um, that meant that when the war was over. Irish people had, um, they had a resumption of things coming in and two things happened. There was a huge spike in inflation, which is an increase in the general price level. So people went out and just bought stuff. They bought the things they couldn't buy before. You know, I'm mm. telling you, there's going to be a huge spike in the inflation in pints. Um, uh, and it's all it, after this crisis is over. Uh, and most of it will be caused by me. <laughs> I'm going to the pub uh, and I'm going to stay there uh, a bit like the lady in the giant gold dress um, 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say well, I'm going to go to the lo- going to go to the local pub, and there'll be fellas who haven't met each other in six months to be shifting the face off each other. By the, by the, by the, <laughs> how are you, Sam? How are you, Bob? You know, like, you know lobbing yeah, the dog like... for the crack. Are you vaccinated? <laughs> I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be a new chat up line. Um, yeah. Are you vaccinated? <laughs> yeah. I think I told you this story before, but um, I had a PhD student, very good looking guy from Pakistan. And uh, he went and he did a year in Iceland, in the Icelandic Central Bank. And um, one of the key features of sort of dating, the dating scene in Iceland is that you don't tend to, um, you, t- you tend to be related to many of the people in the nightclub. And so uh, he, he, uh, he, you know, he sort of, you know, good looking, you know, sort of brown man. Definitely not related. You know? <laughs> uh, definitely not related. <laughs> he did well, I imagine. He got back from his from he got back from his trip. Uh, I said, "How'd you get on?" He said, "Ah, oh, great." You know, he said, "You know, he told me about about the nightclubs and you know the fact that they have like an app to check are you a second cousin or something." And are you serious? This. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and uh, he said he said it was amazing. And it was brilliant. And I had three different girlfriends. And I was like. All I asked you was how you were getting on with your PhD. <laughs> I didn't need to know any of this. I'm happy for you. Um, so, so maybe um, we'll all be like uh, Hamid. Well, in uh, fairness, yeah, yeah. there's what there's a two, quarter of a million people in in Iceland. Is that it? Two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, Three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Three hundred fifty thousand. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, th- this is the the. the I suppose the the exciting prospect of that, like I this is just my own take was say before the pandemic in the last say specifically five to ten years with the advance of social media there has been this feeling that we are retreating more and more into the into the digital world retreating more and more into social media doesn't mean we're not going out but there's a lot more emphasis on that um i wonder with the opening of the world again whenever that does happen is there any, like, there's something we can't really know, but I suppose this is your kind of area. Is there a chance that there might be a decline in social media or more of an emphasis on real life after such a, we've just got shoved online. Do you know, this has been so, it hasn't been a choice. It's been, it's been necessary. It's been out of necessity that a lot of work has gone online. I don't know. What do you think? So if you think about what happened what, what happened was people kind of, you know, pull the arse out of it a little bit when, when, when restrictions were over. I fully expect that we will all be taking loads of holidays next year. We will all be, um, we'll all, you know, uh, when I say next year, I mean 2022, right? Not 2021. Um, uh, we will all be, you know, I, I think 2021 is going to be a pretty tough year. Because we're, we'll spend most of the year basically vaccinating everyone. Um, the target for the government, like we're recording this in early January, mid-January, and um, mm. it's uh, 700,000 people by March. Now, that's the 700,000 most, uh, most risky people. So by sort of the 12th of March, which is when the Taoiseach sort of announced that the lockdown was happening last year, we should have a decent chunk of the people who are most susceptible vaccinated, which means the risk of death falls, which means the ICU capacity becomes less of an issue, which means um, we can start getting 
back to what looks like normal much faster because for the people who get the unvaccinated who get this, it is going to be less of, it's going to be less of a shock for them because they won't be in those susceptible categories. That doesn't mean you won't see deaths, but you know, mm. um, that, uh, it also doesn't mean that you're going to be able to open up uh, copper face jacks either, right? That still has to stay closed because you can only really, unless there's like a vaccine passport or something, you know? Now, I actually reckon, I reckon that you're going to see lots and lots of ways for people to identify themselves as being vaccine vaccinated, mm. um, you know, because it will really change people's behavior. If you know that I'm safe and I know that you're safe, happy days, you know. Um, well, we can sit in a room and talk together as opposed to yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can yeah. do loads of things together. Like we can play sports together. Mm. You know, you can have professional sports again. People can go back and do stuff, right? You know, um, uh, you, you just imagine what it's been like for single people. Mm. You know, like I can, I, can, I can imagine that there's a situation where like, you know, dating apps you'll absolutely have to like update your you know you'll have to upload your vaccination card to the dating app or something and go just to make sure you know uh it's a funny a friend of mine um is uh, an actor and she was telling me that um you know i think there's rom-coms in the making that basically she was doing um uh an audio recorded series with with people and basically got together with someone because it was like, well, we're in this bubble together, you know, <laughs> like yeah, fancy you, fancy you. Let's get it on because let's face it, uh, we're both able to. And and I said, yep. like, there is a there is definitely a rom-com in the making. But do you do you think and maybe you're on a long journey to answering the question, but I'm going to push you on it again. Um, do you think there might be a move away from the online world so i think absolutely is the answer um and i also think there are, there are going to be two um forces at play here the first force at play is um the first first force at play is uh the fact that we will just be um we will be just outside more right we're like like we'll just be able to go outside uh more the second, um, the second thing is, social media are going to be heavily regulated in the next, uh, in the coming period. Really heavily regulated. Uh, we have come to realize since the storming of the Capitol building in the U.S. that um, this technology has the ability or the potential to overthrow governments. Um, and while that might have always been true, the fact that you could over nearly overthrow the world's one of the world's old, oldest democracies mm. is is really shocking and i don't think i don't think commentators have realized the impact that it's had on a lot of people in particular uh, lawmakers in the us and the eu they have realized that you know like if like imagine for a second that you're a member of congress somebody like a mob showed up willing to hang you mm. two weeks ago like that is a profound profound thing right yeah. and 80 percent of the people in the u.s who are republicans would vote for donald trump again who they think he's doing a great job 
They vote they and, and 80% of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election. So if you're a lawmaker and you have two years where you have the Senate, you have the Congress and you have the presidency, you have to do something about this. So mm. I actually think our use of Twitter and stuff is going to be heavily curtailed anyway, simply because of the damaging effects of misinformation. I mean, we did a pod, a whole podcast about vaccine disinformation, for example. Mm. Um, you know, like it just has to be the case that that you should not be able to willingly spread lies you know like stuff that you just know is not true and you just lashed out there anyway it's not gossip it's not you know oh i heard this it's not that it's people actually constructing stuff to misinform and, and disinform the public mm-hmm. um i think that kind of stuff is going to change so those two forces i am not going to be i per, i currently spend 12 to 14 hours a day standing in a corner of the spare room of my house talking at a screen that's yeah. my job. That's my day. That's my life. Yeah. I can guarantee you that will not be my life the day after I get vaccinated. Right. I guarantee you, you know, um, like, like I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to hanging out with Jenny again. I'm looking forward to just, just, just feeds points, you know, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking forward to being able to go back in and see my students. Yeah. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm starting to teach next week. And I, I have a class of 250 people that I will never meet. Like, I'll never meet them. Like, yeah. there's no way that when I start this thing on the 25th or whatever, I'll start this, and then I'm going to go until whatever, March or April or something, the end of April. Uh, I will never meet them once. And I find that incredible, you know? And it's probably the case that we won't be able to have in-person classes in September either, Mm. right? So it's going to be a case of like spending almost two years outside of the university. And, but, but I think we'll be able to get back into the offices anyway, as long as we're all vaccinated. So that'll be really nice to see colleagues and hang out and drink coffee and not be in a corner of a room. Um, But yeah, like, like I, I think everyone's going to be like that. You know, uh, now every change changes costs and benefits. I, I know a number of colleagues who are, they are confirmed introverts yeah. and they're having the best time. Hmm. I mean it like, like people who are sort of productive on their own, who don't welcome outside influence and who are, who don't need I don't don't get that much of a buzz off other people. I've been having a really good time. As long as their incomes have been pretty secure and like as public servants, our incomes are. They they they've been grand. I know colleagues who have published two books. You know, like they're lashing stuff out. It's fantastic for them. You yeah. know. Um, but and so so it's not the case that everyone's having a bad time. But sure. most people are. <laughs> and um I I think uh I think we will go back and i do think in a very long-winded answer a way of answering i really do think that we are we're going to spend less of our time online but we might spend more of our money online okay the huge difference between now and 1946 for example is that i can 
spend my money buying stuff on the internet. Mm. And I don't necessarily know that I'm going to change that behavior now. Sure. Um, like, I think that what's really changed my behavior, to be perfectly honest, is not COVID, but it's Brexit. I hate shopping anyway. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm, and I, and I would have burnt up Amazon.com.co.uk, but yeah. that was until the first of January. Now I have to deal with this other thing about paying VAT. If I, da, 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 you know, uh, you know, Amazon.ie might open up, mm. maybe, but like probably not. And mm-hmm. so I'm just, I'm just, I'm actually ordering stuff off uh, different websites. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot of German. <laughs> Amazon.de. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, and this is like kind of even in the grand scheme of things because um the t- the 1920s obviously very seminal time um and led they built up to the 30s which was which simmered into the second world war yep. um and there was a lot of big factors like um like a very very broken germany that was ang- you know that had been um cut to pieces at the treaty of versailles and 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 they were ripe for the taking when hitler came along do you know what i mean um and you had all these these various things at play uh and i i suppose i'm i'm wondering like we have these things now you say by 2027 china is going to be the biggest economy in the world the us is on the decline i imagine we're going to be seeing the as usual you you have a, sh- a shitty leader and then somebody else comes in and is cleaning up their mess everybody hates them because they've been cleaning up a mess and then another shitty leader comes in and um not that i i mean joe biden is this, like a, a feckin sock puppet would be a preference to, to donald trump i do i do have have respect for joe biden but i don't think he's you know god incarnate or something but he feels like that at the moment and the the thing is that we have we have this we have brexit which is i think as you said i like i think we're going to find these weird ramifications yeah that and i I suppose what i'm wondering is not that we're fortune tellers or soothsayers or whatever um but like there is this opportunity for amazing productivity or this amazing kind of explosion of creativity uh, are, are people returning to each other yeah but we also have these very divisive factors in our global um landscape and i'm just wondering how they're all gonna <laughs> for one to better word, rub off each other because that's something none of us can do <laughs> <laughs> in the future <laughs> there will be no rubbing no um uh yeah, no, I think in the future there'll be lots of rubbing. The, 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 so the think about the local, super local, right? Your local, your local community. Mm. That's going back to what we would understand as normal, mm. right? It, whereas, whereas there's people working, there's people going into the streets, they do their jobs, they raise their kids, they, they go out on a Saturday night to watch a band, they go to the cinema, normal. Mm-hmm. At the national level, things are a bit different because we have the EU, which is a much more, a much stronger block now than it was four or five years ago. It's had to become really integrated because of the sovereign debt crisis, uh, you know, the austerity before that. And then, of course, the, the Brexit crisis, like it's forced them to be like a coherent whole in a way that they really weren't. And they evolved much faster than people really think they should in some, some, some cases. Um, but 
but you've got that. Then you've got you've got the EU as a hardened block. They're not this kind of, you know, they're not this kind of um, gathering of states. It's a much harder, tighter block in the middle, and certainly in the centre. Um, and you, you've got the UK, which is you know will, will continue its decline, sadly, um, for for them and for us. Um, they're they're the, the, perhaps at the national level, m- one of the most interesting things will be how the UK reorients its national. Um, an international strategy so mm. maybe it will decide that it doesn't want northern ireland anymore for example um it may it may well decide that it may simply say listen we're gonna we're actually gonna give people in the in northern ireland and, and in scotland the chance to decide if they want to be part of the uk or not you know um that because quite simply they'd be better off without them you know, or so that from their perspective, I'm not saying mm. that would be true in 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 in, in objectively true, that, but that may be the case. Yeah, um, it may it would particularly happen under a Labour government, I imagine, because the Conservative mm. Party has always been it's, it's, it's literally called the Conservative and Unionist Party. You know, um, there's 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 deep connections there, um, so that might be very interesting uh, because then we would have to deal, deal with the economics of reunification, which would really, you know alter our national conversation um uh we always think about it in terms of like flags or languages or whatever but Mm. i always think about this stuff in terms of public services um and not the ones everyone thinks about like the you know the nhs or whatever think about how to integrate european credit systems into northern irish irish banks stuff like that really like uber mundane stuff but like it's literally if the you know if you want to connect two pieces of plumbing two pipes and the Mm. diameters are different you have to do something very specific and a little bit risky you know and uh yeah i I think i think those kinds of i think the the next 10 years the structural changes we're going to see in the at the national level will be enormous absolutely enormous and and um, a lot of them will be very good for ireland i think um, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So it's really positive. Like, like I, in the next ten years, you and I are going to go into our fifties, right? Yay! Ray, <laughs> uh, uh, my kids will all leave home. Yay! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, I've told them I'm, I'm locking the doors. Eighteen and out. Eighteen. Um, and out. Yeah, I know. I really believe that. Actually, I think they should. They should all go. And, well, it's um, a handy that you live in a rural setting. There isn't yeah. that dang, like. I mean, we are. I, I went to college at home because I lived near the college. So you know, but yeah. um, but yeah. You, so you're saying ten years time, we're yeah, so ten years time. We're silver. very um attractive fifty year fifty year olds. Yeah, always oh, oh, silver foxes for sure, for sure, for sure, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm right. So we got we got all that, uh, uh going on, you know, and then we 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 um in that world there are there's almost a billion more people from africa right there's a billion more people been born in that world we have an eu that is older but probably richer we have china as 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 maybe the global hegemon right we have a world where technologies like ai are just now that's just like toilet paper just a thing mm-hmm. you know where your phone will just go and i'm just going to order you washing powder 
and because I, t- I I had a chat with the washing machine. <laughs> you sound with that, and you're gonna go. You're gonna go. Stop fucking talking to me about this stuff. Just buy the goddamn washing powder, and it, and then the washing powder will arrive. And you know what? No people will be involved in that discussion. The washing powder will be produced in a factory. It will be shipped. It will be stored. A drone will pick it up, and it will drop it to your door. And that's how it will work. That's what the future is. Right, and, and you'll be like, "Goddamn drones!" And you'll be like, "Ah, these lo- these noisy fucking drones!" And we will impose drone taxes because they'll be so noisy and they'll get quieter. I I drones. don't like drones. Yeah, and I don't I don't relish the idea of living in a world with lots of drones. That's yeah. that's a very unappealing image. Uh, can we go back to points? <laughs> yeah, well, so here's the, here's the other really nice thing, right? Um, uh, history, economic history has shown that like in the last five waves of like big technologies, more jobs have been created than destroyed. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, so, so everyone thought in the 1970s that when ATMs were brought in, that they were going to wipe out the tellers because an ATM is literally an automated teller machine. Mm-hmm. And they thought, oh my God, all these bank employees are all going to get wiped out. That's not what happened. They are more bank employees now, right? Yeah. Because they do different things and there's more financial services. They help you use the machines. They help you use the machines sometimes. <laughs> Stabbing, trying to lodge a check. You know, <laughs> the only check you've gotten this year. You know, and, all that. Um, and, and uh, that the same will be true here, right? And these jobs are better. They're better paid. They're more interesting. They're less. They're less. Um, uh, uh, less difficult to, to to do. And so you know, the world is brighter especially for the people who are more skilled. Mm. Um, so there's a country I've, I've kept an eye on for the last 10 years. It's Estonia. Okay. They are, they're Ireland, basically. They're oh. Ireland 50 years ago. And what they've done is they've said they've piled every second, every spare penny they've got into becoming uh, Ireland 2.0. So brilliant education system. Absolutely, like the best one in Europe. Everyone, wow. everyone talking about Finland. It's Estonia that has the best one. Uh, uh, World class broadband, digital services, everything. They're they're the pinnacle. They're where we should look at. Um, and they did that. They actually started that process like fifteen years ago. You know, um, places like Estonia, they got free public transport on robot trains. <laughs> You know, like it's it's all a bit like what, but no, it's 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 a fantastic, uh, not a perfect country. Not everything's going grand, mm. but in terms of its ability to make its citizens richer, they've realized that this is the trend they need to make their friend, and they've done it, and it's it's great. And we can do the same thing. Like this, I I I, I never I never feel pessimistic about the future, never, because you the future goes up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so far every major challenge we have set ourselves as a species we've actually met you know um one of the things that we're going to see now is where we are really in the next 10 years we're gonna gonna get our heads around climate change okay you know um it hasn't really happened yet to the sense that you know people are still going well maybe we shouldn't introduce a carbon tax and you're like really you know really is that really a thing Mm. and i actually think that um I think that this is the next, this is the time when we're going to realize Jesus, you know, we just need to do whatever it takes. And if you look at the kinds of technologies that are being developed now, mm. like they're literally, 
the, in the, some of the lads in the place I work, they're coming up with bacteria that eat plastic. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, cool. You know, so that plastic thing in the sea, they're just going to sort that out. Mm. You know what I mean, and, and, and that kind of thing, like, you know, we forget. Do you remember the ozone layer? Oh, I do. Yeah. Do you remember how that was going to fucking kill us all? Mm-hmm. We just fixed it. But is it not still a big issue in Australia? Isn't not that where the whole... Not so much. Okay. It's not, it's, not, it's not as much of an issue as you might think. People, people, are, not, people are not as worried as, as they were. And we, just, okay. we just went, let's just change. <laughs> let's just sure. change how we do deodorant. <laughs> No, absolutely. I, I just feel like I have uh, some, my sister's married to an Australian and I've spent some time there and there is a remarkable norm for Australian people to have had skin cancer at some point. Yeah. In a way, well, obviously we don't get any sun anyway, but it's yeah. not even about sun, it's about the nature of the rays. But it's also not- the skin of the people. Mm. So the, the, the people who are down there, by and large, I know I'm, this, is a, this is a vast generalization, but the people who are down there by and large, of the 25 million Australians who were there, mm. most of them came or are or, or are related to people who were who were who who's who are genetically adapted for a much colder climate. Okay. They're far more reflective. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. That, in but, a physical sense. Um, but no, I do know I wrong. do know what you mean that it was yeah. gonna be this the end of us. Absolutely. Um yeah. uh, but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that was the panic when I was a kid. Certainly every kind of environmental art project we had to do was save the ozone, really, yeah. you know. Yeah. Save the ozone. And, um, you know, we got rid of those things that produce chlorofluorocarbons or whatever. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it, will, it will regenerate. It's not, you know, the worst thing in the world. I remember um, years ago this man saying, this planet is, is, is going to last forever. Um, I, I, what happens to it it might not make a big difference to it but it'll make a big difference to us <laughs> exactly and I, yeah i i think that we we are we if if covid has taught us anything right it's taught us that the that how things evolve is absolutely within our own control mm. right yeah not, you know I, i've always chafed at the idea that there's a wave coming as if you can do nothing about the wave you are mm. the wave you create the wave Mm. you know stay in your gaff watch a bit of netflix you'll be grand mm. it's the people who are not doing that and it's like okay that what covid it's not like austerity or the banks exploding or something where you don't have any control over it you literally have control over what you purchase and and and, and the, the global means of production that's a thing it's a, just a thing we can we can control um mm-hmm. we as a species now not you and i but like i just feel i just feel like that realization will sink into people. They'll yeah. go, all right, I can do all this stuff, you know. And it's and while of course they've been asked to do a negative thing, the fact that they have control over this, this is the first global crisis where that's true. Yeah. And, um, I wonder once they finish going on the lash, having the shift, doing all that. Uh, once they finish, <laughs> these abstract people who are not me, uh, go 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 do that. Um, uh, do you say put it talk about the shift? Actually, uh, no, but but um, <laughs> I'm getting. Uh, um, uh, I think we'll be in a, a much more physically interesting world. Okay, and do you reckon it'll be roaring? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
be roaring. I'll be roaring anyway. We'll all be yeah. roaring. Well, listen, uh, yeah. we'll, well, literally, we'll be keeping an eye on it because it's our life. Um, but yeah. Stephen, as ever, a joy. And we will continue talking more stuff next week. Until then, have a good one. Take care. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Steve Talk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne Blake 78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. <laughs>